There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, June 28th. I'm Jacob Cohen sitting here with Rob Letters. Right now, you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. We're going to be squeezing in a bunch of stuff into this 10-minute episode today. On the docket, we have an obituary to a giant of the glasses industry. We have a look at Formula One's, and we also have a look at Formula One's crazy, insane growth as seen through a lucrative new TV rights deal and some interesting numbers about the sport that I rounded up earlier. But before we get to that, let's fill you in on the latest in business and tech. Let's get crack lacking. All right, Rob, what are you looking at today? So the first thing that I'm looking at, and it's just absolutely crazy to me, is Verizon and AT&T have both apparently been raising prices on old cell phone plans over mm. the past month. Love it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, if you've read any headlines for the last, what, like three months, all it is is basically talking about inflation and people not being able to afford gas and all that sort of stuff. And so what did the cell phone companies do? They go and raise prices. It's just absolutely nuts. It seems pretty on brand though, because I've never met anybody who actually likes their cell phone provider. Yeah. No one feels really personally connected to their cell phone provider. Right, right. And if they do, that pretty much immediately ends as soon as they call support because it's just not going to end well. So AT&T increased the prices to their older unlimited plan and their mobile share plans by $6 and $12 per month. Verizon matched AT&T's raises on their metered data plans, and then they raised some monthly fees on some of their other plans as well. Mm. Unsurprisingly, T-Mobile did not raise prices, and they have been pretty vocal about that, calling out their rivals for the bad timing of these price increases. Oh, look at that, T-Mobile. So the interesting <laughs> thing about this is, like, neither AT&T or Verizon thinks that they're going to lose subscribers for this. Like, in the Wall Street Journal article that I read, they outwardly said this. Mm. It kind of feels like duopoly-type vibes with that, right? Yeah. Anyway, JC, what have you been looking into? So on yesterday's pod, I was talking about Prime Day, Amazon Prime yep. Day, and basically signs that Amazon's investment in it may be decelerating. And today, I actually think we have a clearer picture of why it looks like that, what's going on. So the company is reportedly going to be hosting a second Prime Day style event in the fall. There we uh, go. Amazon has been telling third-party merchants to get some deals ready well in advance of that. And, you know, Amazon is seeing some slowing revenue growth. Retailers, including Amazon, have just too much inventory on their hands they have to get rid of. And also the amount people are spending per order is decelerating a bit. Now, this isn't to say that Prime Day is going to be small, right? It's gigantic. <laughs> Jeffrey's analyst came out yesterday saying Prime Day will contribute $8.1 in gross Sheesh. merchandise value. It's very large. What you're probably going to see is... Amazon doing a lot more of these days spread throughout the calendar as opposed to just once a year. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. I think they should do this all the time. And this fall day that they're adding, like back to school shopping. Oh, yeah. Done. I love that for them. 
Anyways, in other news, Robinhood shares jumped over 14% yesterday after Bloomberg reported crypto exchange FTX was considering acquiring the trading app. Last month, Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO of FTX, who really rocks the unbrushed hair look, by the way, I read somewhere that he said he has maybe a 50% rate of sleeping in a bed as opposed to sleeping elsewhere. <laughs> uh, anyway, he took a 7.6% stake in Robinhood worth $648 million last month. And FTX is one of the largest crypto exchanges in the world. Also, if you're going shopping this week ahead of your July 4th cookout, I'm sorry because a new survey from the American Farm Bureau Federation found prices for the ingredients to throw your average cookout for 10 people are up 17% this year. Ground beef prices are up 36% from a year ago. Homemade potato salad will run you 19% more. And lastly, a report from the information's Becky Peterson came out yesterday, which basically highlighted how ever since Elon Musk told employees to come back to work at the office or risk losing their jobs. Employees have started coming back, but at Tesla's Fremont, California facility, for example, they've been faced with situations like having nowhere to park their cars, no desks to sit at, and crappy Wi-Fi. So these are all problems that I'm sure will get fixed like pretty quickly, but I guess it's a good management lesson if you want people to come back to the office. Give them a desk and Wi-Fi, <laughs> you know? That's all you need. <laughs> all right. Rob, would you like to tell us about kind of a little bit of an obituary Yeah, in the glasses department? An absolute legend in the eyewear game. Yeah, so if you've ever been in a sunglass hut and you've been debating between a pair of Ray-Bans and a pair of Oakleys, it really doesn't matter which one you pick on the back end because Oakley, Ray-Ban, and Sunglass Hut are all owned by the exact same company, Luxottica. <laughs> Love it's, it. <laughs> it's insane. There's one company in the world of sunglasses, in the world of glasses in general, that kind of rules them all. And it's this Italian company, Luxottica Group. Most consumers probably aren't familiar with that name, but right. they obviously know the names that I just listed. They also own Lens Crafters and Persol. Oh, yeah. So just an incredibly big conglomerate in the glasses space. Yeah. And the reason that we're talking about this is Leonardo Del Vecchio, who founded Luxottica back in 1961, just passed away this weekend at the age of 87. Mm. And listen to this. This is just like an absolutely crazy rags to riches story, okay? So okay. this guy, Leonardo Del Vecchio, was born in 1935 to an impoverished family in Milan. His parents did not have the means to take care of him, so he actually grew up in an orphanage. And huh. he eventually founded Luxottica Group in 1961 and had super humble beginnings. They started by making parts for other eyewear makers and then eventually started producing their own glasses and then they really hit their stride about 20 to 25 years after they were founded when they started making a series of business moves. So in 1988, they signed a licensing agreement with Giorgio Armani. Giorgio Armani is like really good friends with Leonardo Del Vecchio. They've considered each other kind of their contemporaries and they're really good friends. This agreement, essentially, it's been said, helped turn glasses into fashion accessories rather than just being kind of like a utility, right? Or something that you just kind of need. Mm -hmm. Between 1990 and 2001, they acquired Vogue, Eyewear, Persol, Ray-Ban, and Sunglass Hut. And then in 2018, they merged with Essilor, which is a French manufacturer that makes optic lenses, so prescription lenses, other lenses, mm -hmm. to basically become this eyewear behemoth, right? So they sold pretty much everything at that point that you would need if you're looking for yeah. eyewear. So needless to say, by the time of his death last weekend at the age of 87, Del Vecchio had amassed a $25 billion fortune. Hmm. Just <laughs> crazy rags to riches story there. You know, I mean, Warby Parker 
the reason they started was because of this man and because of this company and because of the fact that they realized every pair of glasses that they could find anywhere was made by the same company or could be traced back to the same company. And they were like, well, this is kind of like a monopoly situation. We can make glasses for cheaper than they can. And that's why they started Warwick Parker. Yeah. I mean, that is just an insane kind of vertical monopoly there. Yeah. Anyway, what have you been looking into, JC? So I've been following this reported deal for broadcast rights to Formula One racing. So basically, Formula One, NASCAR's cultured European cousin, it's on a roll. They reportedly agreed to basically a three-year deal with Disney and ESPN for broadcast rights at a value of 75 to $90 million a year. Wow. Which would be a 1,500 to 1,800% premium on what the deal currently is. <laughs> Goodness. So what's so great about Formula One? Why is it so hot right now? The sports American fan base has grown 33% since 2020. And more than half of these fans credit Netflix's Drive to Survive docuseries with playing a major role in their fanhood. In 2021, race viewership on ESPN surged 56%. Wow. A lot of people were attending races. I didn't really know anything about Formula One until they built that track in Austin. Yeah. A few of my friends like started talking about how they were going to these Formula One races. And then, of course, Drive to Survive. I feel like my entire Twitter feed moved yeah. from like tech and business to <laughs> Formula One. I was yeah. like, what is happening right now? This is crazy. You know, when you watch a sport and you don't know what's going on, you don't understand it. It's maybe cool for a minute. You turn it off. Right. You don't know what's going on. But with Drive to Survive, where they basically explain the sport and the people and how it works, when tons of people became educated about the sport that way, then it increased the fan base of the sport generally because just way more people understood how the sport worked. Yeah. Which is neat. Isn't the PGA doing this now? Like, I think professional golf is kind of following suit here. I don't know if it's Netflix. Someone is inking a deal with PGA to do the same kind of thing, which I think is genius. Yeah. Very cool. So basically, I found some interesting numbers. On TikTok, the hashtag Formula One has 17 billion views. Wow. That's around a fifth as many as the NBA hashtag has. It's around half as many as the NFL hashtag has. And it's around two thirds as many as the MLB hashtag has. Wow. And now these are organizations with insane broadcast deals. The NBA is looking to offer a $75 billion rights package. And Formula One has a lot of reach. Don't forget, right now, the broadcast package for Formula One is at $5 million a year. I bet Netflix wish they got like some equity swap for doing Drive to Survive. It'd be really nice for them to cash in a little bit right now. Yeah. And bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litters. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, our executive producer is Darren Clark. If you like what you heard, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. Sign up at thehustle.co. Hope you have a really, really nice Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.